So this week I had a bit of technical difficulty uh, in recording my homily at Mass. The technical difficulty being that I forgot to bring my recorder. So it's very hard to record it if you don't have the device. So anyway, this is me uh, just recording my homily that I did give for the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time um, at a later date. But I still hope you enjoy it and are able to get something out of it. Um, today I want to talk about financial security. It's a very interesting concept. Like we prepare for most of our lives so that we can live the final portion of our lives in relative ease and comfort. And it's always a bit of a gamble. Which solution is the best? Which strategy will give us the highest yield with the lowest risk? And did you also know, this is kind of a sidebar, but did you also know that the Catholic Church gets her Catholic social teaching on financial security and private property from the book of Genesis, which allows for Adam and Eve to make provisions for the future. That is why communism, one of the reasons that communism is directly opposed to Catholicism. In communism, one cannot own private property. But anyway, this idea of financial security is so interesting. If you look at the etymology of the word security, that comes from the Latin word securus, which means free from care. We desire to live in security free from cares that we will not have enough in the future. Entire career fields are devoted to having knowledgeable people advise others what they should do with their money so that they can retire in comfort and security. Now, I have two best friends in life. Uh, one is an amazingly hardworking, genuine, salt-of-the-earth, talented contractor by day and photographer by night. His name is Tim. But I'm actually going to talk about the other best friend I have today. My buddy, Rocky Rhodes, real name by the way, started out as a little surf rat on the beaches of San Diego. When he was younger, all he wanted to do was live in a shack down at the beach. Surfing all day, partying all night, he wanted to live simply. But Rocky was like any other middle schooler in that he was always searching for friendship and those feelings that every young person longs for, those feelings of love and acceptance. He looked for him in different venues but no matter what, the things of the world he tried left him always feeling like there was something lacking, like there was something more. He started going to a youth group, mostly because his mom forced him to, but he underwent a beautiful conversion linked to the sacrament of confirmation. His mother, who knew that Rocky was on the fence about religion even though he was going to the youth group, made a deal with her son. This St. Monica-type mother told Rocky, When the bishop goes to confirm you, simply repeat the phrase, Come Holy Spirit, in your head. If you do that, and nothing happens, you don't ever have to go back to the youth group. Even though at the time he was most defiant, typical, bratty teenager that there was, something in him agreed to do this. The bishop went to put the chrism oil on his forehead. Rocky said, Come Holy Spirit. And the next thing you know, Rocky was a national chastity speaker while he was still in high school. He welcomed the Holy Spirit in his life, and his life was changed forever. Now passionately Catholic, he had seen that life in Christ offered him something more valuable than anything the world offered him, and so he was willing to give up everything to follow after Christ. This led him to eventually think about the priesthood and start discerning a religious vocation. So he did what every young man discerning a call to the priesthood does. He went to college at Franciscan University of Steubenville, Ohio. And that's where our two stories intersect. Rocky transferred into Franciscan when I was a junior, 
and I was also the president of the Catholic fraternity I was a part of. He liked our group, and so eventually he approached me about joining. At first, I thought this kid was no good. He was kind of a flake, he had a weird blue mohawk, and he was friends with the guys in the fraternity that I didn't really get along with or hang out with. But nonetheless, I let him join. My senior year, I was moving off campus and I needed a roommate. And the absolutely only eligible person from my fraternity that was old enough to move off campus was Rocky. So, begrudgingly, I asked him to move in with me. And during my senior year, we became the closest of friends. Now remember that I said the word security comes from the Latin, which means free from care. Rocky emboldened this. He knew freedom in the life of Christ that he had cultivated, and so nothing seemed to ruffle this man. All he wanted to do was love people, make friends with everyone, and spread the gospel. Eventually, though, this life that was free of cares started to be encroached on because Rocky was getting closer and closer to graduating. Not having a care in the world, he had discerned that he was not called to the priesthood, but he didn't really know what he might be called to. He continued his chastity speaking, and one day got a call asking if he would speak at a Steubenville youth conference during the summer at the last minute, because the speaker that was supposed to come speak had an emergency and couldn't make it. Living free from care, Rocky accepted this last-minute gig. That weekend would change his life forever. Because also at that youth conference, serving as a chaperone for a youth group from New York, was a beautiful young woman named C.A., she saw Rocky on stage when he delivered his talk for that weekend, and she leaned over to her fellow chaperone and longtime friend and whispered, I'm going to marry that man. Well, she made good on her promise. They have been married for 11 years this August and have four children. But here was the problem. As soon as Rocky met C.A., he knew that he had to figure out life quick because he was going to need to provide for her financial security and the financial security of all of their future children. Chastity speaking is a great gig when you're young and single, and you can use that as disposable income. But he knew he was graduating and needed a job. Like I said, Rocky was good at making friends and preaching the gospel, so he did what every Steubenville philosophy major does who doesn't enter the priesthood. He became a youth minister. Life was good again and free of care for Rocky. He had a job in ministry, he was married, and he made very little money. But he and his wife were very frugal, so they could stretch a dollar easily. This freedom from cares lasted until one day C.A. looked at Rocky and informed him that they were going to be parents. Joyful and very excited, Rocky had a realization that many Steubenville graduates have when they find out they're expecting. That realization was that a single-income family making $16,000 a year was not enough to afford a child. Now, side note here. One of my favorite jokes about the college I went to is the following. What is the difference between a Steubenville graduate with a degree in philosophy or theology and a large pizza? The pizza can feed a large family. So, anyway, Rocky found a better paying job. He did what he had to do to secure new financial security for his family. Eventually, he realized, though, that working for the church, while a lot of fun, was not going to allow him to provide for the needs of his growing family in the way that he and his wife wanted. It's at that time that Rocky sold out. He was no longer the idealistic 13-year-old Rocky who wanted nothing more to be a beach bum forever, surfing the best breaks by day and being at the wildest parties at night. 
living in a shack on the beach and not having a care in the world for his whole life. He decided that the best plan for his family was to leave formal ministry and become a financial advisor for Edward Jones. Compared to who he wanted to be at 13, he sold out and started working for the man. By the time he was 26, though, he saw that pearl of great price. He saw the treasure in the field and he was willing to do anything he had to so he could get it. Because it was no longer just about him. As a single person, he was fine living below the poverty line, but he didn't want to subject his children and his wife to that just so he could stay in ministry. He was willing to change his entire life to provide that financial security, that financial life that is free of care, for the ones that he loves most in the world. And here is the beautiful and ironic part. The Lord our God is never outdone in generosity. He led Rocky to a path that he never thought he would walk down, and he made him quite successful at it. Rocky was just named on a list of the three best financial firms in Norfolk, and he came in at number two. The other two firms that were listed on that list have at least five to seven people working at their firms. Rocky works by himself, and like I said, came in ranked number two. So why is he so successful? Well, partially because Rocky has a personality that could sell ice to an Eskimo. But the other part is that Rocky cares for his clients like a priest cares for his parishioners. He was just telling me the other day that he went and spent time with a client of his that he has had from the beginning of his time as a financial planner as she lay dying on her deathbed. And that's not unusual for him. Rocky sought the Lord and he was shown the pearl of great price. He changed his life so that he could attain that treasure in the field, and the Lord gave him financial security, and also the tools to help others achieve financial security. Rocky treats his job like it's a giant youth group, caring for not only the financial wealth of those whom he works with, but also the spiritual wealth of those clients he has. He found his pearl of great price, and now he shows others how to find theirs. The first reading today is the story of Solomon receiving his great wisdom from the Lord. Solomon is rich. Make no confusion about that. He has not a care in the world, for he is the king of all of Israel. And yet when he could have asked for even greater wealth or victory over his enemies forever, he asks for wisdom so that he can be a good and just king. The Lord responds to him, Because you have asked for this, not a long life nor for riches, nor for the life of your enemies, but for understanding to do what is right, I do as you request. Solomon is given wisdom to know what is right, to seek the Lord, and to be just. While this weekend's readings sound like they may just be about wealth and riches and storing up treasure for the future, truly at their core, they are about wisdom. Attaining wisdom is the greatest gift that we could ever have. It leads to excellence in all areas of our life. Does this mean that we need to be the most educated person in the room in every setting? Absolutely not. Some of the best and holiest saints who had a deep and wonderful wisdom were some of the most uneducated and worst students ever. Favorites on this list include the possibly autistic St. Joseph of Cupertino, the seminary dropout St. John Vianney, and the completely uneducated doctor of the church, St. Catherine of Siena, who became a doctor of the church by her writings alone.
Wisdom is simply knowing what God wants us to do in every moment, and then having the conviction to do it. So, how do we achieve this wisdom? We have to be willing to follow the advice Rocky's mom gave him before confirmation. Simply say, Come, Holy Spirit. Now, I have mentioned this in so many of my homilies over the year for, the la- for a few reasons. First, it's so simple. Second, it's so effective. Third, it's how we can follow the words of St. Paul who exhorts us to pray unceasingly. Fourth, it's how we attain wisdom. And fifth, it's how we live truly free from care. Because when we live lives in the Holy Spirit, we never have to worry about anything at all. We trust in the Lord's divine providence, and we know that he takes care of everything. So, my friends, on this, my last weekend at St. Mary's before I get transferred, I pray you will listen to the advice in my final homily here. I hope you will pray for the Holy Spirit to come into your lives, and then I pray that you will listen to him, that you may have the wisdom to know what to do, truly, in every situation. We need to have the wisdom to know what the Lord is asking of us and be willing to do it. Because when we do, life is the best adventure we could ever hope for. It's a life free of care of worldly things. And the only cares that we have are for those things of heaven. For truly, the Lord our God is never outdone in generosity.